200 accredited courses and more than 1,000 videos, the Police One Academy is a powerful online solution that provides department training programs with features that reduce time spent on records and policy management, credential tracking, and more. It is law enforcement training made simple and effective. For more information and to get a 30-day trial, visit www.policeoneacademy.com forward slash policing matters. Hello, and thank you for clicking, and thank you for listening to Policing Matters, the Police One podcast. I'm Doug Wiley. Hey, this is Jim Dudley. Jim, earlier this week, uh, the New York City Police Commissioner, James O'Neill, fired uh, Dan Pantaleo. Um, He was the officer involved in um, the in-custody death or the the death of Eric Garner in 2014. Um, Now, Pantaleo was cleared of all wrongdoing. Um, you know, it was a lengthy investigation. And yet the, the commissioner uh, essentially said that given all of the outcry, given all of the, the fact that the Justice Department won't be filing any kind of civil um, charges against him, um, it, there's a whole bunch of outcry over the death of Eric Garner. He said he can't be a New York City police officer anymore. And Monday he fired him. Well, the following day, Pat Lynch, Patrick Lynch, who's the longtime uh, president of the Benevolent Association in New York City, um, sent a pretty strongly worded message um, in my way of looking at it, saying, and I'm going to quote, I'm going to read here. We urge, we are, we are urging all New York City police officers to proceed with the utmost caution in this new reality in which they may be deemed, quote, reckless just for doing their job. To me, that's code for slow your roll, don't do stuff. What do you think? Yeah, we've seen it before. Um, and I know that there are, are probably lots of uh, law enforcement people who say the same thing, that, hey, you know, this is what we get for doing our job. We're going to be firemen. We're going to be firefighters. We're going to sit in our cars, sit in our um, uh, stations, our precincts, and we'll wait for the call and we'll go out. Um, I've got to disagree with that sentiment in in saying that uh, there are people deserving of uh, police protection out there. I don't know that they're served by a work slowdown. I know I'm going to get some heat on on saying this, but I think if you do your job right, if you uh, drive around, you're proactive and you can articulate the facts for doing what you do, then you're going to be okay. Um, In this case, you did have a, a special unit that was out there uh, in, in effect doing broken windows policing. They were looking for these uh, quality of life crimes. You had Mr. Garner who was selling untaxed single cigarettes in front of a, a store that was selling cigarettes. And the, as I understand it, the proprietor contacted, uh, called the police and the police responded uh, uh saw Mr. Garner, went to take him on. He resisted. Uh, We see the footage from the the YouTube and the video. And uh, there's a clumsy sort of uh, wrestling match where uh, it appears that Mr. Garner falls on top of um, the officer Pantaleo, who's got him in, I wouldn't call it a chokehold, but he's got, got him firmly um, gripped with an arm across the front of his uh, uh, throat and chest area. Um, 
and uh, there were contributing factors to the reason that Mr. Garner died. Uh, the chokehold, uh, notwithstanding, there you know Mr. Garner was a big guy. Uh, I don't know what the toxicology was, but I would say there are other contributing factors. Um, if if as in uh, LAPD and NYPD and now SFPD and, and many others, they've outlawed the use of a, quote, chokehold. Um, there are variations of a chokehold. In San Francisco, we used a carotid uh, restraint where you cut off the oxygen flow uh, to the brain through uh, clamping down on the carotid arteries on either side of the neck. In, in that hold, uh, you position the uh, offender's neck in between your bicep, bicep and, and forearm, right. uh, locking down the, the, the blood flow. You're not crossing the trachea. You're not breaking anything. You're not collapsing the windpipe. Um, and, and, you know, I haven't followed the case enough to say that the defense was that um, it was a chokehold or wasn't a chokehold. It was applied correctly or incorrectly. The mere fact that NYPD says we don't use them anymore and they are banned and you will be disciplined if you do. Um, the first uh, reports I saw on the firing said it was a firing for using the chokehold. Since then, I've tried to pull a couple of the reports and they've been crossed out where it, it indicates a chokehold. So I'm Clearly uh, not sure exactly what they're saying they fired him for. I, 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 let, me, let me jump in because I think that there, there may be some unstated stuff here. Probably is some unstated stuff. That is political pressure placed on the commissioner of the department. Clearly. From Mayor de Blasio, um, the governor of New York, other, you know, activist type folks who are sure. very much anti-police. Um, you know, the commissioner wants to stay the commissioner and he serves at the pleasure of the mayor. Right. Um, now, the mayor may very well have said to um, the commissioner, look, this is what you're going to do. You're going to fire this guy. And there also may be this. The commissioner may just look at it and go, where can I where can I assign this guy where he's not going to be a target? Like, because he's clearly famous in new york right like, he's highly recognizable right. he's frank, frankly recognizable across the country so where can what unit can you put him in that he's going to be successful and not going to be a attacked uh b you know they're throwing water buckets on guys you mean in a department that's over five thousand in size <laughs> well once again he's he's literally been on the front of the new york post yeah pretty much every day for a right. whole summer right. So, you know, it's not like citizens aren't going to recognize him. Sure. Um, so there, there could be that. There could be that element. Um, so that's essentially a defense of this firing. Mm -hmm. It's go get a job somewhere else, dude. Because here, it's, it's just going to make life really, really rough right, for you. Right, right. Uh, unless you want to work inside the building, you know. But you don't. He's a young, hard-charging, obviously, you know, good cop. Yeah. That wants to go out and do the job. Right. Now, the... The, the piece, the political piece, I, I can't get inside the commissioner's head. But those are two theories that kind of came to mind as I was looking at this over the course of the last week. I want to point something out here. Um, the notion of de-policing in New York City, it's been going on for a while. It's been going on across the country. Mm -hmm. Folks pulling back, not doing proactive patrol, not doing Terry stops, not doing vehicle stops, not doing some of the things you were talking about. Uh, quality of life issues. 
In the 1990s, under Rudy Giuliani, with the broken windows method of policing, homicide dropped 73%. This is the decade of the 90s. 73% dropped 73%. Burglary, 66% down. Assault, 40% down. Robbery, 67% down. Vehicle hoist, 73% down. That's from proactive policing. Now, when you stop doing that, nature hates a vacuum. You embolden the criminals and they just rule the streets. Am I wrong? No, I, I think you're on to something. I, you know, I've looked at studies that have showed the correlation, if not causation, between the Terry stops or, you know, the the mislabeled uh, stop and frisk um, project that was uh, started in the 1990s mm-hmm. when homicides were at, you know, 3,000 or more, brought down to under 1,000 uh, over the time period. Um, yeah, I, you can't find a study that says definitively stop and frisk reduced, had direct impact on reducing uh, the homicides. But you can clearly show the correlation, the numbers um, closely align. I think the mere fact that you have police out there uh, proactive policing, the fact that if you did uh, habitually walk out on the street with a gun uh, illegally in your waistband, that you are probably thinking twice if you uh, walked down through the transit uh, terminals and saw uh, people being patted down. You're probably, you know, it makes sense not to carry a gun illegally if you yeah. have a feeling that you might be one of those that are patted down. It's yeah. a deterrent. It's a, it's a clear deterrent. You're right. You're right. Um, so, so again, so does a work slowdown make sense here? Well, as a protest, I guess that's the, the message that's being conveyed as to whether or not the citizens deserve it. Um, I don't know. Uh, I think I think I'm going to vote no on that. <laughs> the, yeah, citizens, the, the citizens don't deserve the, it. No, the citizens yeah. do not. I mean, the politics, I mean. You know, we could talk for three, four, five, six shows about politics influence on policing and how awful things are today. And next week we will. And next week we will and probably the week after. But uh, I think, uh, you know, like I I say, I stand by the fact that if you do things right, you do things, you can articulate why you do things and you um, act in response to something, you're going to be okay. you know, I think what's missed on a lot of the, the new legislation in a case like this, that there was an offender, there was an act by an offender that caused them to be under the scrutiny of law enforcement. And that's what started the ball rolling. What happens after that? You know, it, I've said this so many times, I feel like a broken record. Comply and complain. If you feel like your rights have been violated during the course of an interaction with law enforcement, if you've complied peacefully, You've been taken into custody. You've been taken in for questioning or, or any of these things. But you've complied. Nothing bad is going to happen to you if you comply with lawful orders of law enforcement. I agree. Um, you know, they'll, they'll question you. They'll per, perhaps charge you with a crime. You'll have your day in court. And if you feel like during the course of this entire proceeding, your rights have been violated, guess what? You might get a paycheck out of that. Yep, I agree. So, I mean, I, I just... It's, it's something that I think, you know, we don't have a ton of citizens that listen to the podcast. We have some, um, generally speaking, pro-law enforcement citizens. I'd like for the mainstream broadcast media to get into this complying complaint thing and spread the word because 
Eric Garner would be alive today if he just said, I'm, I'm good. Here, take, take, handcuff me or whatever you need to do. I'm not going to resist you. Yeah, you know, I, I commented on social media recently when uh, someone proposed that when a citizen that you pull over on a traffic stop says, I'm not signing a ticket, the, the person who listed the post said, you know, at this point, we should just drive away. And I, and I vigorously oppose that idea that yeah. we, we don't give up. We don't say we're going to drive away. OK, they won't sign the ticket. Well, off they go. No way. I think when you when you have these violators, uh, you hold them accountable. Uh, the use of force that you use should be commensurate with the crime or the act that you're trying to stop. Um, I think I think that's when we have to be mindful of how we act. Yeah. What do you think? Send us an email. Let us know what you think about the firing. What you think about the potential. Uh, slow down, uh, what depolicing means to you in your jurisdiction. Is it happening or are you still out there hard charging? Send us an email to policing matters at police one.com. That's policing matters at police one.com. Thanks again for listening.